superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. He essentially goes to the ground, makes the tackle. He stands up on his own power, doesn't take a big shot. There are always certain kinds of hits that can take place in games like this. Not what any of us want to see, and everybody's around him, and let's hope that he's going to be okay. This is as serious of a situation I've ever seen at a football game. Jamar Hamlin had been intubated, and he is in critical condition. Today's guests, NFL Network insider Tom Pelissero, Bill's radio voice, and former Pro Bowl center Eric Wood, two-time Super Bowl champion and Greenlight podcast host, Chris Long. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Well, hey everybody, wherever you are, we hope you are well and healthy and uh, anywhere near loved ones, because that's the type of day that we are all experiencing right now here on the first Tuesday of 2023, and we welcome everybody who is taking in this program on the Roku channel or listening to it uh, on terrestrial radio stations, Sirius XM, Odyssey across the country. We welcome you and uh, and we hope you are well. Um, here in Los Angeles, California, Chris Brockman and Mike Del Tufo in their spots. Hey, Rich. What's good on, to hey, see Rich. you, gents, today. And TJ Jefferson, good to see you in your spot. As it's always, okay. surrounded by friends here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Hey, look. Um, <clears throat> When we left here yesterday, thought uh, would come on the air today and celebrate um, a major big-time football game having played out in front of uh, the whole country on Monday Night Football and a huge part of the season between two incredibly talented quarterbacks and two incredibly talented teams fighting for the same thing, which is the top spot in the National Football League's American Football Conference in a season that has just been... Um, Remarkable in so many different ways. And of course, the real world came crashing in. In a way that uh, I still can't grasp and fathom. We shouldn't be sitting here in our sports world, in our football-loving world, coming on the air and talking about a 24-year-old in critical condition in a Cincinnati hospital because he took what appeared to be um, a blow to the chest that millions upon millions upon millions of times players get up from. And DeMar Hamlin actually did get up from this one and then fell down and collapsed. And when that happened and when I saw that last night, I immediately thought to myself, well, that's weird. I didn't think, well, that's possibly fatal. And I don't think anybody else in the field did until until um, you saw members of the Bengals staff out there motioning towards the sideline and the Bills staff obviously out there motioning towards the sideline. And what unfolded on the field in Cincinnati 
is the nightmare of anybody who loves football, who watches football, anybody who talks about it for a living, anybody who, yes, is in the business of football, anybody who adores this game that we always talk about made in America, played in America, now internationally. The nightmare is that somebody's going to die on the field because it is a violent game. And we put those thoughts as fans in the very back recesses of our minds and our hearts and minds watching this game where we do sometimes enjoy it for the hard hits where the hard hits are celebrated. And sometimes we criticize the rules that are put in place to protect the players because they're imperfect. And we don't think about this stuff while we're watching the game. And last night, a mirror was held up to all of us with this ugly terrible, frightening, scary moment that a 24-year-old Damar Hamlin was on the ground and needed CPR and needed to have his heart apparently shocked back into rhythm. And thank God, Thank God there were medical professionals and the equipment on hand to save this man's life because that appears to be what was the case, or at least for the moment, because we still don't know what's happening with DeMar Hamlin in a Cincinnati hospital. We're used to having guys carted off, guys even taken off the field in an ambulance, but we always see the the thumbs up, or we're hoping to see the thumbs up. And if we don't see the thumbs up, what is it, usually a half hour, hour later, we get the report from the sideline that everything's okay. We still haven't gotten that report. And it's uh, well over 12 hours later. And I don't know how to quite take it all in and, and grasp it, to be very honest with you. It's downright frightening and jarring. And all I think of right now, as I've just started the show telling you how I feel and how I think NFL fans and football fans writ large feel, I cannot imagine what the mom of DeMar Hamlin is feeling right now because she was there last night. And the ambulance getting ready to take her son to the hospital apparently waited to make sure she was in there with him. And I send nothing but my love and prayers from all of us here at this show and my family to them, to her and her entire family. I'm also thinking of T. Higgins tonight and today. And I, uh, he's the wide receiver who made contact with Hamlin, who was trying to be tackled by Hamlin. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. And that's the ultimate reminder as well as we send our prayers up for DeMar and to 
his family and in his direction of his hospital room right now that this is a fresh reminder. These are human beings playing this game. Not guys who are trying to win a fantasy championship for us or a world championship for us or for them. Human beings. We sometimes do lose sight of that as we scream about a fumble or an interception or it really is just a jarring mirror image held up to us to just remind us just how violent this game can be. And that's when I realized last night that this was out of the ordinary. When I saw the players in tears taking knees and first time I saw Joe Burrow actually flappable on a field, to be honest with you, Mm -hmm. and seeing Josh Allen put his hands over his mouth and the entire Bills team taking a knee, both teams surrounding Hamlin. I honestly don't know what to make of it. And I think that's okay, Rich. I mean, last night was unprecedented. We've never seen anything like it. You know, it's not the type of hit that you think would cause something like this. You think, you know, we've been bracing ourselves for something like this maybe for a long time, and it, it's never happened, thankfully. And it's just a routine hit. He just made a tackle, and he gets up. And then, and then like you said, whoa. Well, what was that? In terms of... Never seeing it before, you know, the name of Chuck Hughes, I think, got Googled quite a bit last night by a bunch of people. In 1971, he was a 28-year-old wide receiver who dropped dead on the field in um, old Tiger Stadium when it was the Bears and the Lions playing each other late in the game. Right in front of Dick Butkus, Chuck Hughes just hit the ground, convulsed, was taken off in an ambulance. They finished the game that day. And he passed away in the hospital. But I don't, that's where he was at least officially pronounced as he if it passed away. And thank goodness, last night, that's the only time that's happened. But that wasn't in the 21st century where the whole country was watching a hyped up game when the NFL is at the zenith of its popularity. There is no precedence for what we saw last night. I mean, I know a lot of folks are talking about college basketball as well and seeing players who have had cardiac arrests on basketball courts. Hank Gathers is one that leaps to mind. Reggie Lewis happened with the Celtics 30 years ago. And so we're talking about that, but thank goodness this young man is still alive right now, and it's to the testament of the first responders and the equipment that was actually available to them to administer life-saving, on-the-field first aid. And we hope his heartbeat or oxygen levels was restored fast enough that we will get a report today that we've all been waiting for (laughs) for all this time, hoping to hear. And it's unfortunately, again, another reminder Wildly enough, 
on the same field, right around the same spot where Tua hit the turf earlier this year and his hands spasming in front of another nationally televised audience that was a Thursday night in Cincinnati. Second reminder for all of us, just what we're watching, just kind of what we're putting away, and what these human beings who play the game absolutely shelf to play this game. And that when they see this happen to their comrade, when they see this in person, any medical professional will tell you, and I was texting with a handful of them last night, CPR, when it's administrated, and also when um, a heart is being shocked back into rhythm using electric pulses, it's way worse than what you see in the movies and on television. And these players saw it. And I don't blame them one bit for not wanting to play another second. And we will figure out the rest of it at the appropriate time. And I don't know when there is an appropriate time while this young man is still hanging on for dear life. I just don't know. Nobody does. And we're all just hoping to work through it together. So I send nothing but prayers and love and affection and celebrating the humanity of DeMar Hamlin and seeing the reaction of the NFL fan base, the Bengals fan base, the Bills fan base, obviously. The charity that DeMar Hamlin has been running since 2020 in support of his mother's daycare center in his hometown of McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania, had $10,000 in its GoFundMe bank prior to kickoff last night. It's nearing $4 million as we're currently on the air right now. His goal was $2,500. Yeah, it just went over $4 million. Including recent donations people are pointing out from Andy Dalton, who Bills, fan, Bills fans donated to his charity because, remember, the Bengals knocked out the Ravens and the Bills made the playoffs a few years ago. Whew. Well, I look forward to the day that DeMar Hamlin gets to walk into that... Um, daycare center and see all the new toys literally and figuratively and he gets to see it himself and hope that he emerges from that hospital bed very soon let's take our first break we're going to have a bunch of guests on this show to talk about what we saw last night and try and make sense of it best we can Our first guest is Tom Pelissero, my colleague from the NFL Media Group, with the latest on what is happening with DeMar. And uh, also on this program, Eric Wood, former Buffalo Bill, who currently calls their games, who was at the game last night. And Chris Long, our weekly regular guest. We pushed back his Monday spot to today, figuring we can talk about the entire weekend and the big Monday night football result 
that we don't have. He'll be on in hour number three. Then there's you, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. It's days like these where, you know, um, talking out is a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. And so we're here. If you'd like to do that here on this first Tuesday, a lot of people going back to work, a lot of people making their way back from vacation over the weekend, we're here for you. And we'd love to chat with you. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the program. We'll be back with Tom Pilsaro about what happened last night and what might possibly happen next. Prayers for DeMar Hamlin here on this Rich Eisen Show Tuesday. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed it's that time of year people spring has sprung And that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. We're back here on the Rich Eisen Show radio network powered by Granger. With supplies and solutions for every industry, Granger has the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Uh, we've got Eric Wood of the Bills radio network, former Buffalo Bill offensive lineman in hour number two. He was, of course, there last night. And then I imagine flew back with the team because the team did leave Cincinnati. Um, and in hour number three, Chris Long, two-time Super Bowl champ. Um, who's got as big a heart as he does anything else. He'll be on in hour number three. Joining us right now, however, on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line is my colleague from the NFL Media Group and a man who sat in this chair just a couple weeks ago while I was in Pittsburgh, PA, to call the proceedings between the Raiders and the Steelers on Christmas Eve night. Our friend Tom Pelissero back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Tom, good day to you. Uh, what can you tell me? What do you know at all about DeMar Hamlin, as you and I are talking um, about 20 minutes after 12 Cincinnati time on Tuesday. 
Well, I think, well, probably most of your audience was sleeping, and I otherwise would have been. Um, there were a statement from the Bills as well as an NFL conference call around uh, 1 or 2 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, first, uh, you know, the Bills put out the statement saying DeMar Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest following that tackle last night. Heartbeat was restored on the field and then got transferred to uh, the University of Cincinnati Medical Center for further testing and treatment. And then the the NFL also uh, held a conference call talking through all of the things that played out because I think that a lot of times, Rich, in the absence of information, people fill in the gaps on their own. And certainly I, as a viewer, and I imagine many other people, were watching and just trying to, you know, whether it was lip read or read body language or figure out what exactly was taking place during those ongoing discussions on the field. So first off, when, you know, when DeMar Hamlin gets taken off the field in an ambulance, which we've, we've all seen that before, and you wait for, you know, hours later or a day later and the word that, you know, it was precautionary, moving all the extremities, going to be okay, we'll be going home soon. This was something different. And I got so many calls and texts from people who were either there in Cincinnati last night or uh, agents who had talked to their players. And there were many different versions that I heard of what exactly players saw. And I'm certainly not going to indulge in giving a bunch of different secondhand information. But what I would tell you is the theme was players saw something last night with DeMar Hamlin that they had never seen before on a football field. They saw one of their teammates literally die on the field and be brought back by medical personnel who restarted his heart. There is a emergency action plan in every stadium around the NFL that is actually rehearsed on an annual basis, even though, you know, there are very few occasions that rise to this level precisely, a cardiac arrest on the field. Uh, there's an ambulance at every stadium. There's an airway management physician at every stadium if a player stops breathing, which, again, not something that you ever see. But in this case, a player goes into cardiac arrest and they needed to get him on oxygen. And then there's a level one trauma center in every city which is where uh, DeMar Hamlin was rushed to at the University of Cincinnati uh, Medical Center to get him the best possible care. So all that takes place. And you can certainly see the looks on the faces of the players, of the coaches, of everyone involved. There was that conversation between uh, the referee, Sean Smith, and both of the head coaches on the field. And what we were told on the conference call with the league last night was, the NFL, the command center, was actually listening in through Sean Smith's microphone to the conversation. And at that point, the conversation was not, despite what was uh, said on the broadcast, which is the normal protocol after an injury delay that there's a warm-up period and then you resume the game, the conversation, according to the NFL, and specifically uh, the executive vice president of football operations, Troy Vincent, was about you guys can head back to the locker room, take as much time as you need, make sure your players, make sure everyone is okay, we're going to discuss what exactly to do here. Because remember, Rich, the NFL didn't stop during a global pandemic. Mm. They had free agency three days later. They didn't lose a single game during COVID. So even the possibility of a game being suspended for the night or not being finished, it doesn't happen ever. 
within the league. So within about 30 minutes there, you saw both head coaches come back out of the locker rooms, get on the phone uh, with Roger Goodell, and that decision was made collaboratively uh, to suspend the game for the night. The NFL is not commenting on when the game could be resumed. There were no updates on anything else so far this morning from the league. The focus remains on the health of DeMar Hamlin, and you know, in the, the coming hours and days, that's going to dictate the NFL's uh, course of action here at a time that um, they were supposed to be gearing up for a big Week 18 head into the playoffs. Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, NFL Media Group here on the Rich Eisen Show. You just you just laid a lot out there. Let's take it one at a time. So, you know, the general sense just watching it and seeing the faces of these players and how they were, you know, staring at what was happening and then and then many of them turning away from what was happening and reacting in such an emotional way crying like um uh, sobbing is the only words for it and based on what you were gathering from other uh, other um agents talking about what their players or clients were reporting back um that damar hamlin was dead on the field and and his life was saved at least for the time being when we're hoping for 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 good uh saved his life that happened last night on a football field on monday night football tom it did. And as much as you see the emergency medical care in so many other situations, whether you know on that same field three months ago, Tua Tungavailoa left in an ambulance with probably the most devastating concussion that many of us uh, have ever seen. But you still, you know, by that night, he's flying back with the team and he's okay. We, we, we become all too accustomed to this idea that players are invincible to a certain degree. Even injuries that 20, 30 years ago, torn ACLs and uh, patellar tendon injuries and things like that, that were career-ending, you're just now thinking, well, medicine and, and rehab have advanced to such a point that, you know, this guy will be back. Boy, that, that sucks for the team that they just lost that player, but eight months from now, he'll be, he'll be back out there and he'll be good as new. And then you have something like last night, it's not an orthopedic injury. It's not even a concussion, which, of course, is a very serious injury as well. It's, I mean, in essence, a heart attack on the field. And whatever it was that happened on that impact, that was another thing that I had a, a longtime executive for a team call me uh, like midnight last night, 1 a.m., who was just saying that that just wasn't a big hit. It wasn't a violent type of collision. You know, Derwin James uh, hits Ashton Doolin the previous week. You looked at that play and you went, oh, my goodness, like that was a bad, violent collision. This was, I mean, it's, it's NFL football. It's, it's unlike anything you or me are ever going to experience, Rich. But it was a hit like 20, 30, 40 other hits in every game. It was he absorbed the contact, he went down, he popped back up, briefly tried to either grab his mouthpiece or adjust his face mask, and then collapsed. So you know, very quickly, again, I think even players, you know, when you play in the NFL, you accept the reality that you're putting – you know, your body on the line and players, you know, often say putting your life on the line. There's been, you know, one example in NFL history of a player dying on the field and it was in 19, early 1970s. And it was a player who suffered from a, a undiagnosed heart condition and collapsed on the field and was taken away. They finished that game in Chicago. Uh, and then he was uh, pronounced dead that evening. 
but that, that was 50 years ago. No, no one has ever seen anything like this on the field. And so absolutely. And again, without getting into the details, there were certain signs present that this was something much worse. And when players looked at DeMar Hamlin on the field, they could tell even before CPR was initiated that this was not a, you know, the guy had a concussion or something else is taking place. This was something really bad. And so, I mean, I can only imagine you're watching one of your friends and mm. by all accounts, a great guy and Mark Hamlin being resuscitated mm. and having his heart restarted. I mean, mm. that's why they have the, whatever you call them, the, I can't remember the acronym, but those shocking tools. That's why you have those on hand. That's why you have trained people and the, the airway pathway physician and, and all those things is, is for this moment. And, you know, that you train on those things, but you don't train players for that. You don't have a period in training camp that's okay. Your teammate has a heart attack. Here's what we're going to do. And I think that's the other takeaway for me from last night that we can all sit in the comfort of our homes and say, why wasn't the game canceled immediately? You know, what took so long? It was all within an hour. And this isn't me defending the NFL. It's just saying the reality is as much as you train for these worst case scenarios, you hope you never see them. And everyone involved last night saw something that they had never seen before and that hopefully we'll never see again. Well, I mean, and I, I, I'd imagine Tom Pelissero here on the Rich Eisen Show, there's no protocol for when to restart play when somebody's been resuscitated on the field and, and taken off via ambulance. And so let's hit that part of the conversation because that is definitely, despite Troy Vincent, the league executive who spoke uh, via conference call last night, calling the notion that the league was insisting the players get back on the field within five minutes ridiculous. Um, The broadcast and ESPN, our friend and colleague Joe Buck, was mentioning uh, multiple times um, that the the league has said, you know, there's a five-minute warm-up and we'll we'll resume play. We saw uh, Stephon Diggs gather the bills, and it did seem like he was – um, you know, delivering a, a speech to say, let's go out there. And, you know, you saw Burrow warming up. But after a while, it was obvious that the players weren't into that idea. Um, and then they go back to the, the locker room. Based on your reporting and conversations with agents who um, never really freak, uh, turned down a chance to uh, criticize the league when given an opportunity, based on my experience, did any of them tell you that the players told them that the league insisted they get back on the field within five minutes of that happening? Did you hear anything like that, Tom? My, my understanding was uh, more nuanced than that. Um, you have, in general, protocols for a warm-up period after an extended uh, injury delay. Mm-hmm. And again, that's, that's commonplace with even serious injuries. I mean, back in uh, week two, I was in Buffalo – for the Monday night game, that was the night that there was the doubleheader, the Bills versus the Titans and the Eagles versus the Vikings, so half the country may not have been watching. But Dane Jackson, another Bills defensive back, actually two Bills defensive backs in that game suffered neck injuries. The second one, ambulance was on the field. There was an extended delay. It was extraordinarily frightening. And, in fact, last night I saw, I stumbled across a quote from DeMar Hamlin about watching Dane Jackson and his brother being on the field and what that felt like. Yet, 15 minutes later, 20 minutes later, whatever it was, the football continued. And the fans were cheering, and the players were going after it and doing touchdown celebrations and everything else. Again, it's you become hardened to this idea that 
no matter what, the, the game is going to go on. Mm-hmm. So last night, I, I'm not surprised that whether it is various people in the command center, remember there's always a communication to the TV broadcast too. That's why you got the guy with the orange gloves on the field. That's right. They're all communicating, okay, what's going to take place here? Mm-hmm. What's being communicated in that moment? And again, I, I don't speak on behalf of the league here, Rich. This is just my understanding no, of course. how the situation would work. Neither, neither do I. We're, but we're, we're just two guys you're, who, who you're, are talking yeah. about it. Exactly. You, you, you're you proceeding as if this is going to go like every other injury. Right. Ever. And you're you're becoming aware, though, that it's not. And at some point, too, you know, remember this. And I know that you know Troy Vincent referenced this on the call last night. That um, you know he said he's never seen anything like it. And how do you resume play after you've seen such a traumatic occur right in front of a traumatic event occur right in front of you in real time? Um, and at some point, both mentally and physically, as well as emotionally it does become dangerous to put players back on the field. We've had weather delays. We've had other things. And there's always that worry of guys, you know, just cramping up and, and things like that. But then on top of that, are, are players put at a greater injury risk because their heads are not in the game because they just witnessed one of their, their brothers die and come back to life and leave in an ambulance in front of them. All those things have to be uh, taken into consideration there are things in the, um, the policies and procedures within the NFL about making up games, continuing games. Uh, to my knowledge, there's no example of a game. This isn't baseball where you make it up, you know, the next time you play, right. play the last seven innings and then play the second game. You can't do that. I'm not aware of any situation or any precedent uh, for doing this. You know, then you put on top of that the fact that uh, these are two teams that are certainly going to the playoffs. It impacts the number one seed in the AFC. They both have another game coming up now in five days. Uh, football is clearly not the important thing, and right. that's where the league has not made any statements whatsoever. I would certainly ascertain that they're having logistical conversations about, depending what happens with DeMar Hamlin, what do we do here? And the later we get into the week, the harder it is to believe that there's some solution where you're going to jam in the rest of this game and then keep the rest of the schedule on track. And those are all conversations that will continue um, as we hopefully, you know, I think we're all hoping and praying that we get positive updates on DeMar Hamlin here in the in the coming hours and days. Tom Pelissero here on the Rich Eisen Show. A couple more minutes left with my NFL media group colleague, uh, insider, and uh, uh, occasional uh, fill-in host here on the Rich Eisen Show. And and again, the whole idea of what happens to this game Clearly, we're we're still in we're, we're 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 not we're not there yet, you know. And clearly, the question is is when will the Bills be there yet? Um, and uh, I don't know who determines when when that time needs to happen. Uh, but time is still a, a luxury that the league has, I think, uh, because there's also there's also a bye week uh, that 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 exists later on um, in the first week of February. Uh, I, I understand there's the Pro Bowl and the reimagined Pro Bowl games, but if if we need to have a championship weekend that weekend um, because a, a week needs to be um, utilized now, that might be that might be where we go. Um, and the question is, is how does the rest of the league feel about that? I, I can only imagine, as I'm looking up right now and I'm seeing Mike Tomlin talking, um, uh, I, I don't have the sound up because obviously I'm talking to you. 
There's no doubt in my mind he is sitting here thinking about DeMar Hamlin, as are the Steelers, as are all 32. And um, I, I can only imagine that this is a process that needs to be um, played out for a while. Uh, I, that, I'm, there's no question. I'm just laying that out for you just to have a conversation on this front. Tom. Well, and I, I go back to, and again, I understand this is not a perfect comparison, but you remember uh, amidst COVID, uh, really in 2021, even more, when Omicron hit, and there was that wave of hundreds of positive cases in December of 2021, mm-hmm. and no one knew how they were going to proceed. And so there was discussion, as there had been the previous year, too, about at least conceptually uh, what would have been in 2020 week 18, what would have been last year week 19, and whether at some point the schedule became so stressed that you needed to move things around. Back in 2020, remember, they moved bye weeks on teams. They changed games around. Um, but they did not ever push the entire thing back. And that's always been a last resort for the league. But again, we're, we're in, just like it was with COVID, we're in uncharted territory here. Uh, I, would, I would think the league would like to make decisions on this by the end of the day, if, it, if humanly possible. But you may not have the types of medical answers that you want on DeMar Hamlin by the end of the day. It's also Tuesday. This would be the day that the four teams playing on Saturday would be having at least a walkthrough or some type of organized team activities mm-hmm. leading into a game week. And then tomorrow, the other 28 teams, um, over a dozen of which have something on the line in week 18, they would be back on the practice field. Um, it is a, it's an extraordinarily complicated situation. Uh, I think that just based on the outpouring of, of support on social media and elsewhere from, from fellow players and the conversations that I've had personally with a variety of people around the league, people are, are shaken by this. They also are very cognizant of the fact that the NFL historically does not stop for anyone or anything. It did last night for DeMar Hamlin and how it starts again remains up in the air. Tom Pelissero, um, thank you so much for your time, your knowledge, your compassion, and um, and uh, greatly appreciate it. We'll chat again soon. Thanks for having me, Rich. At Tom Pelissero on Twitter, joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show. Eight four four two zero four. Rich is the number to dial here on the show. We'll take your phone calls and uh, get ready for Eric Wood of the Buffalo Bills, who calls the games. Used to play for them. He's no doubt locked in on what the team is thinking and how the players are still reacting. And we send our best again to the Hamlin family. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% 
on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. We're back here on our radio. When you open up a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van, you're opening up more than just doors. You're unlocking potential, the potential to do your own thing and be your own boss and steal your own success and blaze your own trail. Each and every Sprinter van is built, designed, and equipped to let you hit the open road and take on any goal that you set. The Sprinter van that I'm talking about lets you live, work, and play out your dreams. No matter no matter how far off the beaten path they're going to take you. 16 body types. You have a choice of a gas or diesel engine. Thousands of ways to customize and now available in an all wheel drive a sprinter van is capable and versatile enough to help you drive your ambitions wherever you want to take them so now's the time to discover what it is that moves you most don't wait to unlock your potential inside a mercedes-benz sprinter i know what i'm about to say will come across to some as well you know he's an nfl guy well the nfl network has put a roof over his head since 2003 those are true things but you know I don't have a single person on this phone or on my email or on my text telling me from the league office, hey, you're doing your show today. What are you going to say? Not a, I, not one. But I'm just going to throw this scenario out there. In the same way that it was totally unprecedented for us as fans and for the Bills and the Bengals as players to see what was happening to DeMar Hamlin. Is it possible that the officials on the field and the league officials watching from wherever they were had the same reaction and were spinning their wheels too? Is it possible that when Hamlin was taken off in the ambulance that league officials were like, okay, Kind of just like everything else, because they weren't on the field watching them resuscitate Hamlin. Thinking, okay, we're going to still play the game tonight, just like anybody else who's been ambulanced off the field. And that the league officials and the officials on the field were just, just like the players. If you saw Burrow was warming up. Did somebody go up to Joe Burrow and say, we're playing in five minutes, so you better warm up? We're playing in five minutes, Buffalo, so you better give a speech to your team, Stephon Diggs. Because it's ma- it's being cast right now that somebody, whether it's the commissioner or somebody in the league office, was sitting in their smoky room through the blinds like it was a scene from The Natural saying, you're going to go out there on the field. We know that somebody just died, but too bad you're playing tonight. Because that's the way it's being cast right now in many different parts of this world. 
And I just know too many people in the league office whose job it is to protect the players in health and safety, whether you think the NFL's ultimate heart is really in it or not. There are some people I've met and I know who wake up every day dreading what we saw on that field last night, dreading it. And I don't think anybody thought of, let's, we have to have a return to play protocol for somebody who needs to uh, get CPR in the field. Well, now I guess we will. I'm just saying, let's just let it all play out. Because it sure looked like to me that eventually we got to the right place, which was, hey, players and coaches, you give us the roadmap tonight and we'll follow your road. But the initial thought was like, okay, let's just do what we've always done (laughs) every single week for the last who the hell knows how many years, you know? Is it possible? I'm just throwing that out there. Is that a possible scenario? I think that's probably likely. (laughs) That the human condition was just trying to realize what the hell was happening. And ultimately, the players are like, yeah. I don't think it was like, we're not playing. You just looked around. You read the room, and you saw guys in tears. and, And McDermott was like, we're going back to the locker room. Great. Eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial. Jeff in Detroit, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Jeff? Hey, young. Hate to start the new year off like this. What's going on? All cousin? of us do. All of us do. But this is life. Yeah. This is life, man. And and hopefully the the life that's uh, being saved right now is is Hamlin's. So most definitely. Uh, first of all, the first responders. Any first responder that has ever worked stadium events like I've worked Tiger Stadium I've worked uh for field and the thing is it's repetition and we never think that we have to go into action usually we end up watching a good game we go home those first responders last night what you saw on that field was a superb collaboration between medical professionals at their best in order to work on somebody and see the thing about it is and I'm happy that ESPN didn't show it what they didn't see, what people did not see, is when you are administered with, with with the defibrillator, they cut you straight open, get everything off of you in a hurry. All of these young men are standing around watching that. Mm. They're absorbing that. That's their brother that, that's on the field. It's just like your boy being shot or something like that. And there is no way that you could continue to do a game after that. There is no way that it would have been unsafe for everybody because, number one, the only thing that you're thinking about is your homeboy. Number two, it's unsafe because your head isn't going to be in the game. And we all know the NFL, you've got to have all your senses right then and there when no you're doubt. playing this game. So it's, it's, I'm happy that the medical professionals did what they do. Usually this is how it's set up, you know, and I'm sure that Cincinnati's situation is kind of like Detroit's and everybody else's. It's usually two assigned, uh, two assigned EMS rigs that are out of service. 
They have a designated trauma center. They have a designated path that they go to. And from all accounts, it looks like everything hit last night in order to get that young man to where he needed to be. Thank God. Love you, Jeff. Happy New Year. Thanks for chiming in like that. You know, the medical professional I was texting with last night said he was um, surprised that the shocking of the heart, the defibrillator was applied on the field. He says it's normally done in an ambulance because for the loved ones to see it, it's so jarring. He says it's not like it's on television. It's worse. So I cannot imagine what the players must have been thinking and seeing that because it's their worst nightmare too that again and we as fans do it too we we suppress it when we watch football we suppress it probably when we watch hockey any any contact sport we suppress it and so thank god again the medical professionals were there and the equipment was there and that the protocols there were followed and that um hamlin left the field with a pulse Words I never thought I would say into the microphone. Not going to lie. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, Eric Wood will join us next. He calls games on the radio for the Buffalo Bills. He was there. Um, And um, I imagine, because I know radio teams for the uh, local radio teams usually travel with the team on the team plane. I'm assuming he... Came back on the plane, but you know what assuming mean as well. Um, He's about to join us. And we also have Chris Long coming up in hour number three. And then there's the phone lines for you. 844-204-RICH, number to dial, hour number one here in the books. We're still here on Roku, however, for another minute and a half. Um, And, you know, I guess we'll use this to suss this out a little bit. I do want to talk a little college football with all you folks. Certainly since there's a story that my head coach is uh, willing to take an NFL job if it's offered. That was an athletic story written in part by uh, Bruce Feldman. Needless to say, I have paged Bruce Feldman to the Rich Eisen Show studio, and he will be here tomorrow. Rich, I'm also willing to take an NFL coaching job if it's offered to me, so I just want that out there as well. I'm dressed for it today, so I'm ready. Mike, to I don't want you running the Michigan program, yeah. and you, sir, no. I don't think oh. your best interests are in, uh, in mind for the Michigan program. I have a hat already. Sorry. Got a hat over here. If I'm offered it, I'll take it. You will? Yeah. So. Oh, an NFL job. Yeah, an NFL I got job. It. Okay. Yeah. Just like Jim. Yeah. If yeah. I'm offered it, I'll take it. Yeah. I'll I have some thoughts Brockman. on it. I'm just putting that out I'm going to give some thoughts on it. Coach Brockman. Because, you know, every year there's six, seven openings. And so if I'm offered one of those. You take the Colts? I'll see you guys You later. wouldn't take the Broncos one. You Let's ride. That. Let's ride. You know, I had Russ in fantasy this year. How would you handle Russ in the locker room, Chris? Don't answer that question. Don't answer that question. This is a family audience. <laughs> That's right. You're on the Roku channel. I think I would take the Colts. I would take the Colts job. You would. Because hey. you like, because you like the uh, shrimp cocktail. I do love yeah, shrimp Saint cocktail, Elmas. and it's indoors, so I okay. won't get, get cold. Saint Elmo's like, is that's on important. the house. By the way, work on your PowerPoint for the Ursays. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I will. <laughs> Saint Elmo's. Eric Wood. When we come back. <laughs> 